Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and if there's one movie that we're obsessed with, it's the arm wrestling comedy, Golden Arm. I had you at arm wrestling comedy, right? And my guests today are the film's star, Mary Holland, and the film's director, Maureen Barucha. I should note that this interview was recorded in the middle of April over the internet, so please forgive any audio weirdness. Let's let's start uh, to to help things out. You mentioned you played you are Golden Arm, uh, but let's start with the basics, Mary. What is Golden Arm about, and who do you play exactly? So Golden Arm is a buddy comedy sports movie that takes place in the world of uh, women's arm wrestling, and I play one half of the buddy comedy duo. The, the other half is Betsy Sodaro. She plays the role of Danny. And Danny and Melanie have been best friends their whole lives. And this this movie follows them reconnecting and um, you know, inspiring each other to, uh, to succeed. And Maureen, you directed the film. Um, where did the story come from? Uh, but how did you go about finding the tone for the film? Yeah, so I kind of came upon the, upon the project five years ago when the writers, Amory Allison and Jenna Milley, had approached me. They were writing this script, uh, and Amory is kind of a part, she is in one of these real arm wrestling underground uh, groups. So they had this idea, and I, I was like, I love this idea. I want to be a part of it. And as soon as they kind of told me about the idea, my mind immediately went to, you know, Fight Club and Slapshot and like Wayne's World, that kind of just kind of like buddy road trip type of movie. And so when I came on board, I, I really wanted to ground it in this real world that exists that, you know, we there's arm wrestling little pockets all over the country. So it was really just grounding it in a real space. And did either, I'm sure um, with these underground arm wrestling events, what was it like attending them or seeing them and talking to maybe some of the, uh, the people who compete in them? Yeah, what's so crazy is that Amory, again, she started a, a charity in DC called DC Claw. Unfortunately, I'm in LA, so I never got to attend any of the ones in DC, but I definitely talked to a lot of the arm wrestlers that are here based in Los Angeles and watched a ton of stuff online. Um, but I haven't been, they kind of, ha they, they never kind of lined up with my schedule, so I couldn't attend any in person, which I'm so bummed about, uh, especially with the pandemic, we couldn't, we couldn't go to any. So yeah. Someday. I say, someday. And Mary, what about you? Did, uh, have you uh, witnessed any underground arm wrestling? Yeah, same as Maureen. I, I watched a ton of, of videos. There is a, a big arm wrestling scene here in Los Angeles, and I have a few friends who, who participate in that. And um, so I watched a ton of footage from them and, and got to know this, this sport and this community. And it's, it's just so fun and celebratory and vibrant. And the, these women come together and get to adopt personas and arm wrestle as these these alter egos of theirs, which is, is just very fun and um, out there. And yeah, it was great watching all that footage. Why is now the time for an awesome film about arm wrestling? I mean, why not, first of all? Uh, I think what's so great <laughs> about this movie is like, Mary and Betsy are just so incredible. And it, it kind of, it's kind of interesting. Like as we reemerge back into this world, I've missed my friends and I've missed hanging out with people. And I think in Golden Arm, what's so lovely is Mary and Betsy's kind of chemistry on screen about these two friends that come together after a while. And like, they kind of remember all their good times and they go on this road trip and 
I feel like that's exactly what I want to do with my friends. It's like, I can't wait to get back together and go on adventures and, you know, go to dive bars and go to sporting events. And so it could, that, this movie kind of has that energy. Um, as we reemerge yeah. back into the world, I think it's the perfect kind of vibe. Yeah, I, I agree with everything Maureen just said. I mean, it getting to play best friends with Betsy Sodaro was a, a dream come true. We had the best time. And this whole cast is just populated with amazingly talented, funny people. And so when we were shooting it, it was so much fun and we really enjoyed each other. Each other. And I think that comes across on screen. And hopefully in a time that's so trying and challenging for people in so many different ways, I think this movie will come as as hopefully a, a welcome bit of levity and laughter with the message of, you know, Melanie's journey of reconnecting with her own inner strength and, and gaining the courage to put herself out there in the world. Yeah, I felt that watching that, that was something I took away. It's like, oh, this is going to be, you know, kind of getting up. It's like, it's okay to be inside an office again or uh, with all these people again. Um, I'm wondering for Mel, like, did you do any uh, kind a, a kind of prep work for the role? Uh, I mean, we talked a little bit about underground wrestling, but is there other things you did to prepare for Mel or for some of the arm wrestling scenes? I did, yeah. I, I did for a, f a few months leading up to shooting. I worked out a lot. I really wanted to. I wanted to be able to physically sell the the idea that this woman could be an arm wrestling champion so i wanted to um physically represent that and also mel as a baker you know if anybody has experience making any sort of baked good you know that arm strength is a key part of that and so i think with with melanie's character she's she's really in shape her you know her arms are totally uh, toned from the the baking that she does. And so, yes, I did do a lot of physical preparation and yeah, that it was, uh, it was exciting. It was cool to get to like do a very tangible thing to get ready for a role. You know, normally you prepare emotionally and mentally and you like, you track the arc of the character and you want to make sure that you, you understand this character's journey and where she starts and where she ends, but to also have this physical component that was really tactile and tangible. That was, that was fun to do in preparation. She brought the guns. Like we definitely were like, <laughs> Mary was ripped. <laughs> well, and I wonder too, like, there's so it's such a ridiculous story in one sense. I mean, it's so sweet in in the, in, in in its message, but it's so ridiculous. Does it ever dawn on you, like, okay, she, <laughs> she, yeah? I mean, just it's just how did you guys navigate that ridiculousness? Because I feel like when you watch the movie or it's even the trailer, it the tone of it is so focused, like it is life or death, and it doesn't feel like it's a broad comedy, even though it's really funny. Right. Yeah, well, I, mean, I feel like that was like part of the fun is like taking something that is kind of ridiculous, like you said, but in this world, it is life and death in in, the, in their world. Like this is everything to them. Uh, you know, these tournaments mean everything. It's about winning and it's about, yeah, discovering who you are. So these people take it serious. And it was never about making light of the situation. It's like the comedy comes from the characters and their interactions and never from the situation of what that they were in. Right. Yeah. I, I think that this, as Maureen said, you know, the, the, even though people are dressed up in these, these colorful costumes and are playing these personas, 
that is a, a, a means for people to express themselves. And so that is taking that very seriously and playing, playing the groundedness of that um, and not really, yeah, making fun of it or, or sort of going overly broad, really rooting it in reality so that you feel like you're stepping into this world. Mary, do you remember the first thing, the very first thing you shot for the film? I do. I'll never forget. The very first scene was when the truck pulls up to Big Sexy's bar, um, My Fair Ladies. And Big Sexy is played by Dot Marie Jones, who was just, I, I mean, I don't know how we would have done this movie without Dot Marie Jones. She... Um, she gave us like she was training Melanie in that montage, but she was training all of us basically and how how arm wrestling works, how to, you know, get proper form and technique like she she really taught us everything that we then implemented later in the shoot. Get your grip, mm -hmm. squeeze the thumb, pull it up. Oh, watch your form, straighten up the wrist. Come on, girls. Be quick and explosive. You want to get the jump. Yeah. Suck and tuck. Excuse me? <laughs> exactly. You want to go and get on top of it. There you go. Go! Come on. Get in there. And don't let anybody get cocky up there when you're getting your grip. You slip out of that, he'll pull the straps. I got it. It can really mess up your game, especially if that buckle ends up on the backside of your hand and your opponent can dig their fingers into it. I mean, I've seen guys' hands ripped open because of the metal. I have 15 world titles. And 81 straight matches one. No, it's like 601. I lost one time. I got to face her again and redeem myself. And as my mama said, get up there and break her goddamn arm. <laughs> <laughs> but the very first scene was I was coming out of the truck, walking with Betsy up to the door of My Fair Ladies. And I remember <laughs> I was like, I, 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 of course, we we all cared so much about this, but I really, going into that first day, I was like, okay, I got to really deliver. I really got to deliver today. And so I remember thinking, how can I make a joke out of this first moment? So with Mel climbing out of the truck, I thought it would be just a funny runner of her never being able to get out of the truck gracefully. Like she always sort of falls out of it. Um, so I, I remember doing that and, and Maureen sort of guiding me to make that not look completely ridiculous. Uh, Maureen, when you guys were filming this, what was one of the hardest scenes for you to film? Or the more, more, the more challenging one? I think like one of the biggest challenges for me in the movie that was really important was... Um, you know, we half of the movie is a road trip, and it takes place in this big rig in the you know the cab of this big, uh, big rig. And my whole thing was like, I really didn't want to have to shoot green screen. It was I, I really thought that if we have to have them you know sitting in this cab, in front of a green screen, it's just gonna it's just gonna pull you right out of the real and the groundedness of the movie. So our producer Gita figured out a we all figured out a way to strap the big rig to another big rig and pull it <laughs> along this stretch of road. But the one caveat was that we only had this one day to film everything that we needed. So it was Mary, Betsy, myself, and our DP, Chris Messina, in this cab, just driving back and forth on this stretch of highway. And um, we couldn't, and we couldn't have the air conditioning going. And it was in the middle of July in Oklahoma. And we were, the four of us were just cooking in the cab of this big rig. It was so hot. 
yeah, it was it was challenging, but it was also so fun because Maureen was just like, you guys just have fun, just just improvise, just riff. And so Betsy and I were just talking about things that we saw on the road and just improvising with each other and just having a, a great time. It, it really was like a delightful fever dream. Hey. Okay, ready? Yeah. Ah, ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, baby. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, so we see Mills uh, uh, as the breadwinner climbing like the competitive arm wrestling ranks. Maureen, how did you go about um, planning and filming that sequence? Yeah, I mean, all of this stuff at the tournament was, was it, well, I mean, everything was pretty much a challenge. I mean, I think when you're, you know, you're trying to squeeze everything in, but we only had three days in that tournament space. So, I mean, if you think, if you look at the movie, it's like one third of the movie takes place kind of at that tournament. So it was, you know, we, we had three cameras and uh, again, our incredible DP, Chris Messina, just, it was like me and him kind of putting our thinking caps on and be like, how can we shoot as much as we can in the short amount of time? Um, and it was just kind of like, you know, a lot of it was running and gunning and then it was deciding what stuff would be steady cam, and, you know, having each little moment feel different. So it was, I think part of it feels real because it was, it was very like run and gun and like, let's just get what we can. And that I think adds to, adds to the flavor of just like a sports feeling. It definitely has that sports feeling. And also um, I, I got to wonder, Mary, what's it like filming these montages? Cause you know, you might read it in the script or it's planned out, but is it fun or is it like, I don't know what's going on. It is the most fun. If I could just do movies that are a series of training <laughs> montages and tournament montages, I would absolutely do that. Um, I had the best time. I mean, I, I love sports movies. I grew up watching the Mighty Ducks, you know, all, all these movies that um, mean so much to me. And so getting to be the, the, the person who goes on this kind of athletic transformation and journey was was just the best i could really do maureen was like okay so now you're doing push-ups and i was like got it on it or like and now you're you're flipping a tire and also like dot marie and betsy were cheering me on the whole time and then in the tournament everybody was rooting for me it was really just like wish fulfillment i had a whole 
crowd yelling for me to win. It was amazing. I'm that Mary, <laughs> you enjoyed it so much because I feel like I really, when we were doing that training montage, it was Mary really doing the push-ups and really pushing that tire and like, you know, like, okay, oh yeah, I loved again? it. So, <laughs> I loved it. I'll do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna request that there is a training montage in in everything I do moving forward um, <laughs> because I, I really did love it. It was so fun. You're gonna have a big tire on your rider, you know, like I require <laughs> yeah. a huge. Yes, yeah. there needs to be at least one scene where I flip over a giant tire. I also want to ask, um, Mary, I want to ask you about, uh, there's a scene where um, Mel is uh, seeing, I think for the uh, basically the first time, the star arena. <laughs> well, she's witnessing competitive arm wrestling. And even though it is a comedy, and even though it's ridiculous, and even though you did all this training for it, it it's still at, this, at the same point, there are just points you have to hit in the journey for it to work. So how did you approach that? Well, yes. I mean, I think I think visually, Maureen and and the production designer and the DP and you know the costume designers and um, hair and makeup they all did such an incredible job of making this world so vibrant and so, um, in a sense, if you're not coming from that world or or visiting that world often, then it's very overwhelming. And I think for Mel, the way that the the women around her were just fully embracing their expression in this sport and like wearing these amazing costumes and doing their hair and makeup all cool. Like, I think it was really overwhelming and intimidating for Mel because she's somebody who lives her life on the sidelines. She does not jump in the game. And here she is surrounded by people who are in the middle of the game. And I think um, it was very easy uh, to, to be in the, that kind of wide-eyed position as Mel of like, I'm taking all of this in for the first time and there's so much to take in. And then going on that journey where she starts to feel more comfortable in that world and she starts to feel more confident. And now she's like actively making moves. She is choosing to get into the game and adopting her own persona emotionally that was a really clear and really fun journey to go on as that character I have to say too like you know one of one of my favorite things it it was working with you know like there's there in the script but you know when people keep talking about the movie it's like one of the greatest things was like just digging in with Mary where we would you know we would before scenes we would check in and we would talk about what it was about and it was like about digging in deeper and what else can we uncover and um, you yes, know, that's like that's so much just Mary, like figuring out the character and asking questions and, you know, always trying to add something or, you know, you know, if this means this or, you know, what about this? And I think it was just such a great discovery organically, you know, from even more than what was on the page or even more than we were shooting. I think it was always Mary being inquisitive and really trying to dig into the character. And I think you just see that in, in her journey, you know, so that that's that's so much Mary. Thank you, Maureen. <sighs> Maureen, thank you. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like we discovered magic and little gold pieces, little gold nuggets. Yes, <laughs> little golden arms all over. We were. I, I, I was saying like the, <laughs> the collaborative environment that Maureen created. We it just set up everybody to thrive and succeed. From the everybody in the crew to everybody in the cast, it was just, it really, she really promoted this energy of group ownership of this story. And so I think it, it felt like a safe space to pitch ideas and to, you know, dig deep in that way. It was, I loved those conversations too, before we would shoot a scene. It was um, really rewarding creatively. 
And now a lot of the cast has a background in like improv or even sketch comedy or like our, our comics. Um, Marie, I'm wondering how did you kind of utilize that for filming? Did you, uh, you mentioned earlier with the truck scene that there was some, some ad-libbing or improvising lines, but how did that affect the way you filmed it and what actually ended up in the final film? Yeah, I mean, what, again, what's so great about everybody in this cast is like you said, they're all, you know, comedic geniuses and everybody everybody has written something improvised or a stand-up in some kind of capacity so as i gathered together this group of people for the cast it's like i'd be a fool not to have people pitch on jokes and you know heighten everything so you know best idea wins so you know one of the greatest examples to me was i wrote this i added some flashback in about college and it was mary and betsy being like betsy's like what if i am goth and mary's like i have these braces it was like so to me, it was just like, it was really just about saying yes. Like if somebody had an idea that was like better or it would make it even funnier, it was like me just saying yes or making sure that it was in line with kind of where I wanted to go. But yeah, it was like everybody was kind of pitching ideas on their their characters. Like Don Luby, when she sent in her tape, uh, when she auditioned, she was wearing a backwards hat and like wrist guards. And immediately when I saw that video, I was like, you know, same thing with Ron. Ron, when he came on, he was like, you know, I want to pivot my character. I think... Originally, he was written as like a real sleaze ball, and Ron's like, "Here's the deal." He's like, "I think this character's mom was an arm wrestler. He loves strong women. He loves curvy women." He's like, "Now I'm talking about myself." He's <laughs> like, "Yeah, let's pivot it." So that was just uh, great yeah. for everybody to kind of own their character and like add layers to. It's so much fun, and Ron is so funny in the film too. He's so. And the same thing, my brother. You know, my brother plays Jerry, and he. He stayed an extra week for filming, just sitting by my side, like, you know, trying to punch up jokes on the mm. like Everybody was just kind of in there. And, you know, it, you would get a joke pitch from the crew. He'd be like, you know what? If we can try it out, let's do it. So it, it really did feel like all hands on deck. The name of our podcast is called I'm So Obsessed. Mary, what are you currently obsessed with? I mean, forever and always, until the end of my days, that answer is Survivor on CBS. The TV show. Yes. <laughs> why? Why is that? A, why is that a long-term obsession for you? I love that game so much. To me, it is the perfect television show. It is. I love those social strategy games. I am such a huge fan of them. And um, that show has been on for 20 years and for good reason. It is just amazing television and I, I'm obsessed with it. And, you know, I we haven't had a new season in well over a year, but I have seen Jeff Probst announce that they're filming season 41 as we speak. So hopefully there will be more Survivor soon because I really need it. Well, would you ever consider being on Survivor? Is that, or is it just watching it that that fascinates you? I listen. I played an online game that was inspired by Survivor that my friend Kelsey Krasnagor uh, created, and it was the most intense month of my life. I cried every single day. So no, I don't think I could. I don't think I am emotionally equipped to play a game like that. Um, especially not in person on an island where I also have to you know, ration rice and bugs and stuff. <laughs> and, and Maureen, what are you, is there anything that you are currently obsessed with? Ooh, I mean, I feel like I get, I have weird pockets of just like, I get obsessed with something and then consume it and then I'm done. But I think right now I've been obsessed with watching documentaries of like documentary series. So I like, 
finished that QAnon documentary series. I like watched uh, Exterminate All Brutes. You know, I watched like Time. I'll just I'll just consume like a bunch of documentaries <laughs> at the same time. And once I watch one, I'm like, I need another one. I need another one because I like want to know. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know what's going <laughs> okay, on in the world. QAnon doc yeah. is is wild. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wild. It's, QAnon doc. it's great. I mean, I have some fa- like it's really good. I've lost some family members to the Q, you know, spiral. So, you know, you watch oh, it and man. you're like, oh man, yeah. Like it's just it's so crazy how it just comes down to like just two guys behind a computer. <laughs> okay. Okay, Maureen, maybe I'm curious because uh, the other people who've seen the doc, um. They haven't picked up on this, but throughout the doc, there's a character, or there's a character, there's a guy named Ron who, like, runs the servers that, uh, like, the Q stuff is hosted on, like, um, 8chan, and um, they go to all these amazing places, restaurants and stuff, but the entire time, he has tape around his glasses, and you're like, why can't you just buy new glasses, you know? Interesting. And I think the very end of, like, the episode of, like, the last one, he has it, you're like, why does he have tape glasses, and he's going to, like... The oh jet, I'm gosh. in Hong Kong, I'm in Japan, or I'm in America. Did you notice that at all? I noticed yeah, that too, I didn't. but I but I also think that like me and my sister have this joke, like we, we whenever we look like we're just like homeless people, we're like people probably think we're rich because I feel like the richest people look the dumpiest. <laughs> like you know, where they're just like, I don't care. Like I can go out and like so part of me thinks like that's a sign that like you're you are really rich as if you <laughs> you're not projecting your wealth. Like, you know, when I used to see kids from Brown University when I lived in Providence, again, they all wore like the dumpiest clothes and I'm like, Oh, these are all the rich kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're aspiring not to be rich. <laughs> um, Maureen, this is um is it correct that this is your third film, is that right? Yeah, this is um this is my first theatrical directed? movie, but I did uh I did two movies for TV before, yeah, that were thrillers. Oh, thrillers! How was it like going from directing at like a thriller for TV to directing your first feature? Yeah, the the the, the thrillers were definitely like they were you know tighter timelines and they weren't you know there was no improvising there was you know it was fun on set but it, there was no there was not a lot of laughing. I think like the difference in this is that. You know, I don't think I've ever laughed as hard as I've laughed while I was shooting this movie. And there was just so much more to discover and find and explore. And so that was one thing that was just really exciting about doing a comedy and doing a, a comedy that's a, more of a theatrical movie. So that was the biggest difference. It's just that there was a lot more discovery and just a lot more fun. And let me I was ask you this. Um, since this was your first uh, feature film, if you could go back and give yourself a piece of advice before you, you had your first set up your first shot and made the entire film what would that advice be it would be sleep a lot more before you start production because <laughs> i can yeah. never just catch up on sleep i think that's good advice not only for filmmaking but most things in life <laughs> yeah drink water and yes, sleep <laughs> for sure drink water sleep okay so this is uh one of the genres this would fit in probably the biggest one would be a sports movie Mary, what's one of your favorite sports movies of all time? Oh my gosh! I mean, I have to say, I, it, it it comes to mind just because I I rewatched it so many times growing up. It, probably Mighty Ducks. Um, I loved that movie so much, and I also loved Cool Runnings. I loved that oh, sports movie. So that was a oh, yeah, yeah, so good. John um, yeah. So th- those are movies that I feel like Disney made a lot of sports movies right at the time when I was uh, like eight or nine or something. And so I, I watched all of those and loved them. But those are two that stick out for sure. 
And Maureen, what about you? Oh, that is that is tough because I I also like Mary. I love sports movies, even sports that I don't enjoy. Like I don't really like football, but I love any sports movie about football. But I would say like we're also I'm also a big our family's big into hockey, so the Mighty Ducks was big. Slap shot, but even just like I mean I love the the sad ones too, like Rudy or like Field of Dreams. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, I feel yeah. like those were those are great ones too. So. But I guess if I had to pick, I I think I might also pick the Mighty Ducks. That's probably the one I've seen the oh, most. And of course, Sandlot. Let us not forget oh, Sandlot. Yeah. Sand- or a League of Their Own. I mean, that's like a game. League of Their Own. Yeah. Female For sports. Sure. That's There's classic. Like yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to wrap up because we're almost out of time. Um, and we play a thing called Pick One. I give you a couple of choices and you select one. Uh, but I'd like to play Pick One. And the first one I have is for Mary. Uh, film or TV shows? Pick one. Oh, film. And uh, Maureen, uh, pick one. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers arm wrestling scene in The Predator or over the top with any arm wrestling scene starring Sylvester Stallone? Pick one. Oh, that's tough. I'm going to go Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl, Carl Weathers. That, I, there's not right answers, but that is the correct answer. And we get that big shot of their insanely swollen muscle thing. It's just, yeah, it's like so 80s. Uh, Mary, so pick one. Michael Bolton's big sexy Valentine's Day special or Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge. Oh, Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge. First of all, I got to work with Ahmed Best, who is a complete and total dreamboat. Um, he is so wonderful. But then also I got to be the voice of a Star Wars droid. That's like a, that is a, a, just a dream come true. I never thought I'd ever be able to do that. So yeah. And also, and also the kids, you know, competing and, and validating kids. And that's really nice too. But I got to be the voice of a droid. <laughs> Maureen, this is the last one I have for both of you. It's Maureen, pick one. Being a segment director for Jimmy Kimmel Live or being named IndieWire's Rising Female Directors of 2020. Oof. I mean, you know what? That's a tough one because both are very incredible. But I'm going to say working on Jimmy Kimmel Live just because, you know, that's that was a it's it's like the best gig in town. So I would take uh, experience over title. I like that. It's very, very professional of you as well. Yes, <laughs> Let me ask very, you guys this. That's very mature. Very mature of you. Uh, and I'm sure if Jimmy Kimmel listens to our podcast, which he doesn't. He, he's listening. I, I know Jimmy's listening. <laughs> I want to thank Mary and Maureen for chatting with me. And I want to thank you for listening. You can watch Golden Arm in theaters and on digital starting April 30th. Also, please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app. And if you really like this episode, please rate it. Until next time, take care.